That's how we do it, yeah. It's wonderful to be here. Hallelujah. So, who was here this morning? Everybody? Who wasn't here this morning? Well, anyway, I'm British. Forgive me for my accent, but you have one if you come to my place. We've lived in France now for 32 years. Been pastoring for almost all that time. And uh, God's put it on our heart to uh, hand over our church to our son-in-law and daughter. They are graduates from Rhema Nice. We have three Rhema campuses in Europe in French at the moment, in Nice, in Paris, and in Switzerland. And uh, we have 90 students in class at the moment, which is the most we've ever had. It's growing, and uh, God's doing wonderful things. We have 140 graduates, I think, already, and um, working with Rhema Quebec and working with Rhema Haiti and doing great things. But that's not why I'm here tonight. We're going to talk about healing. Is that okay? Yeah, can you see me? Because some of you seem a long way away. I won't spit. Um, I showed this morning, uh, because we, have, we, we translate books as well, and two of the books that are going to come out next week or the week after, they're at the printers being printed this moment, are these books on healing. So I thought I'd show them. I stole them from the book counter over there. But if you want them, you have to go and buy them, because I'll take them back after. And one is called God's Word on Divine Healing, and the other one is Biblical Ways to Receive healing, and there are 13 lessons on healing, um, really excellent. They're in the spiritual growth series for individual or group study. Anyone read these? Anyone got them? Oh, the three in the front here, yeah. <laughs> Does everyone know Marilyn? Yeah. Stand up, Marilyn. Thrilled to have you with us. We, we, we've probably seen Marilyn in the States a few times, but we've really got to know Marilyn in Switzerland. We get together with a whole bunch of of ministers in Switzerland. My brother leads worship, and we're in the worship group, aren't we, together? (laughs) It's pretty funny. Um, But these are great books. Uh, You need to be uh, buying books if you don't want them in paper. You know, you can get them in e-books now. Everything exists in e-books. But it's really good uh, to continue studying, not just to come. And I I congratulate you on coming to healing school. Uh, Healing is the dinner bell. Um, And we need to be be ringing the dinner bell to bring people into salvation. Um, We were in the mall after lunch, and, you know, I couldn't find one store that sold healing. They sell everything in the States. But the important thing is you can't buy. Have you noticed that? And you see all these people that will never be satisfied, and they'll never get to fullness of life if they think they can find it in the mall. You know, they can go on your beaches, and your beaches are beautiful here. We, we live in the south of France. We're 30 minutes from Italy, 20 minutes from Monaco, uh, 30 minutes from Cannes. We're in, you know, it's the playground of the rich and the famous, and they need Jesus just as much as the people here in California. But you won't find what you really need in life on the beach. Yeah? I mean, we, let's get it, get it clear. I mean, if you're sick, you won't find, you, can't buy, you cannot buy healing on Amazon. You cannot have it delivered to your door. You know, you have to come to God. Uh, Pastor read it to us from Psalm 107 verse 20 this morning. He he sent for his word and he healed them. And I think we we need to be filled up to a full with healing and health so that we can help this world. But it is something that brings a lot of people into the kingdom of God. And I don't know how, how interested you are in your neighbors and your colleagues, but wouldn't it be awful for you to die or for them to die and they'd never come to this church? Amen. That's two people over here who agreed. 
that they'd never met Jesus. I mean, to have a living witness for Jesus Christ living next to them or working next to them or a member of your family, you know, and some of them aren't interested in Jesus. They're not interested in religion because they think you're religious. But, you know, when they get sick, they'll do anything. They'll get themselves hypnotized. They'll try acupuncture. I don't know anyone wants to do acupuncture. I don't want any needle going in me ever. You should see me when I have to go and take a blood test. It's like, pray for me, Laura. I was a, I was a very sick kid. Um, at five, I got meningitis, and they told my mum I was going to die. At 10, they, I caught something. They weren't sure what it was, but they put me in, in, in isolation for 10 days, and that was a traumatic experience. Um, I won't go into all the, all that was traumatic, but they were really concerned for me. And then at 17, I got a, a appendicitis, and they operated, and I thought everything was fine, and I was up and running around the, the, health, the hospital doing races with the other guys who had had appendicitis operations, you know, because at the time, you had a huge, you know, cotton that was pulled and everything. And suddenly, this agony came, and they, they'd actually infected my whole insides, and I had peritonitis, and they told my mom I was going to die again. Pretty exciting, but for the grace of God, I'm here. But, but, but... It did do something in me. And you have to realize, not being an American and not being a Pentecostal and not knowing that Orr Roberts or Kenneth Hagin or the healing revival had ever happened, I, I got saved just before I was 15 and was in the Anglican church until, I suppose, I left the Anglican church when I was 17, just after that time. Um, I'd never, I didn't know that anyone taught healing. But I read my Bible. I made this mistake. I don't know if you've made this mistake. But I read my Bible every single day after I got saved. I'd never read it before. I'd never been in a church before except visiting ancient um, buildings. Anyone been to Europe? You've seen the buildings in Europe? You've seen the churches? I mean, they thousand years old isn't old. And you, you visit these things. I had no idea what it was about. I had nothing. We had never prayed at home. We'd never read the Bible at home. My parents had never taken me to a mass. They'd never taken me to... Uh, a Christmas service, I'd never been to a wedding, to a funeral. To a, I was a typical European. Unfortunately, a lot of Americans like that today as well. Perhaps you're surprised, but there are. And uh, so when I got saved, my sister's fault really, um, I just fell in love, but not only with, with, with God and Jesus, but I fell in love with the Word of God. Have you fallen in love with the Word of God? Amen. My prayer tonight is that if you haven't fallen in love with the Word of God, that you fall in love with the Word of God. Because why? Because when... I read my Bible, God speaks to me. I know God through his word. Amen. And I started reading, and, and I just kept falling on this thing that, that Jesus healed them all. And he never sent anyone away saying, no, it's not my will to hear you, heal you, or I'm trying to teach you something through your suffering. He never said that. And when I got to university, I started sharing this with my roommate, who was a Pentecostal. I think he'd had much better teaching than me. Um, we just started saying, declaring, Jesus heals today. We're convinced that Jesus heals today. And we've never, ever seen anyone healed. Now, he may have seen a healing line, but I'd never seen one. I don't know if you understand where I'm coming from, because a lot of people have heard all about it, but I hadn't heard anything about it. I just read in my Bible, but I just kept saying, and it gets stronger and stronger inside me. Laura quoted that this morning. Jésus-Christ est le même hier, aujourd'hui, éternellement. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I realize that most Christians believe that Jesus is the same yesterday and forever, but we're not as sure about today. 
And just kept saying it. And people said, you believe in healing? And I said, yeah, I believe in healing. Well, will you come and pray for us then? And we started getting invited to go pray for people. And you know what happened? God healed them. And it's like, oh, it works. I was convinced it worked because I saw it in the Word and everywhere in the Word. But I found that it worked when you prayed for people. We're going to read a scripture, and then Laura's going to come and give you a good confession, and then uh, we'll go on. Would you like to turn into Luke chapter 10? Your pastor is an amazing teacher, so I can't follow him in that. I'll just have to be myself. I hope that's all right with you. So many people are trying to be someone else. You know, it's difficult enough being ourselves, but that's the only competition you can win. You can't be someone else. You can be yourself. Um, But I was listening to what he was teaching the last few weeks in healing school, and he was teaching on Luke 9. And I really had it already in my heart to to, to read Luke 10, so I thought that fits in really, really well. If you haven't been here, do take advantage. You have a most amazing uh, sound team here. They put everything up, and you can listen to it, and uh, it does one so much good. Remember that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. And one thing that is sure, sure and certain, we've been in three services now, heard your pastor preach here live three times, um, uh, you get the word here. Amen. And, uh, you know, I've heard some preachers and nice sermons, and it's encouraging, and it's stirring, and it's emotional, but often it's not really very filled with the word, and listening to it once, that probably is enough. But when you get good word teaching, listening to it ten times isn't enough. And I just encourage you to listen. And sometimes you're in a service and you go, "Ah, that's what I needed to hear. Well, make sure you hear it and you hear it and you hear it because intellectually agreeing won't get you what the word promises. It has to go down. Someone says it's the longest distance in the world between the brain and the heart. It's 37, 38 centimeters. I don't know what that is in inches. Um, We do centimeters in, in, in Europe. But... You have to hear and hear and hear, and then suddenly, we, we use the phrase in England, the penny drops. Suddenly you go, oh yeah, I got it. And that's what we want. We want to get it, don't we? Yeah? So I would encourage you to listen and listen again. It's, it's great because it's an MP3, so you can put it on your phone, you can put it in the car, you can listen to it when you're doing the dishes, men. Yeah? Luke 10, let's read this before I get myself into trouble. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others. And I don't know why. Some versions say 70 others. Some say 72. So I don't. It doesn't matter. And sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest. Go. I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will meet, will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and you are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Then what does he say? Because that's pretty practical what he said just there, hasn't it? Up to that point. And then he says, as though it's exactly the same, just practical, heal the sick. (laughs) 
who are there and tell them, the kingdom of God has come near to you, but when you enter a town and are not welcome, go into the streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. But yet, be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. 13. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon at judgment than for you and you, and you Capernaum. Will you be lifted to the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. But whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. Very interesting. There's a pause because they go and they do what he has told them to do. And they come back. Verse 17. I didn't tell you, but I'm reading from the now indispensable version. NIV. Okay. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan falling like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and on scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And at that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you, what you were pleased to do. We're going to come back to that in a minute, but Laura's going to come and get, make you do some good confessions. I hope you're ready for this. When we're in France, now you, you're Americans, you're, you're used to wild people, but I don't know if you understand, in Europe, we're very, very reserved. In some areas we go into, they're so reserved that I can preach a whole message without them saying, one hallelujah, one amen, one are getting excited. And you think, they, are they awake? Are they alive? And, and then they'll come up to you and say, Pastor, that was wonderful. And you think, could you not have given me some encouragement of some kind? So I always start when we start a meeting and they don't know us. I always start and I say, and they're kind of a bit shocked by how alive and active I am. And I say, I'm the quiet one. If you'd like to put your seat, if you'd like to put your seatbelt on, my wife is coming, Laura. <laughs> well, you know, this morning I told you a story about Prince Albert in the Texan in Monte Carlo. Well, anyway, one of the times I was working, I flew back from the States and I had to go to work that same night. And that's really rough when you do uh, jet lag and you go to work. Anyway, they would give me the worst shift from 8 until 3 in the morning. And so anyway, I went in and I had the distance that was the furthest from the kitchen. So it took the longest time to run your food out. And I had tennis shoes on and stuff. And I came in and when this guy said, uh, I said, oh, I'd like to order a steak. And the other one ordered a steak as well. I said, great. Uh, and what would you like to drink? And he said, a bottle of wine. So I went and got the bottle of wine, brought it back. And I said, do you want to open your own bottle of wine? Now, normally in France, the waiter opens the bottle of wine. But I think men should open a bottle of wine, not the woman in the restaurant business. So they're opening their bottle of wine. And the man said, oh, excuse me, I can't open it. I have something wrong with my hand. So he hands the bottle to his friend. I said, what's wrong with your hand? He said, well, I really don't know what's wrong with it. I've been to acupuncture. I've been to, and he lists a whole list of all these doctors he's been to. And nobody could do anything for it. I said, Would you? I, said I could pray for you. And he said, okay. Now, he thinks I'm going to go into a, can- a church and light a candle. 
So I lay hands on him. The music's bumping, bumping, bumping. Because it's a really a hot spot in Monte Carlo. And um, anyways, so I lay my hand on, on his hand. And I say, pain. I'm looking in the eye. And I go, pain, go in Jesus' name. I lose the power of God to go into you. And I leave. And the guy's like, what's up, you know? And so he goes up. And I go up to get, um, get the steak knives to, so he can cut a steak and come back. And he said, madame, madame. I, all the pain is gone. I'm healed. And he goes, do you know my name? Because now he thinks I'm a healer. You know, a guérisseur, as they say in French. And I said, monsieur, I have no idea what your name is. But um, he, said, he said, my name is Emmanuel. I said, yes, Emmanuel, and God is with you. And that's all I got to do. You guys, sometimes all you get to do is release the power of God. Sometimes you can't go into a long healing school. You know, but you're in a good church here. And this good church teaches you how to get the healing anointing. And I saw from the cards up there that you can get a healing card and you can come up for prayer. And the pastors lay a hand on you. Because I came the other night to service and I was in the back row. And my head was busting. I hadn't been able to sleep because we've been to so many places. We've been to Sacramento, Dublin, Pleasanton. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. What? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. uh, Stockton. Stockton. Marietta, Marietta, Oceanside, and also back here a couple times. So that's a lot of traveling, you know, in less than three weeks and seeing people and talking to people and having emotional meetings with my family, which was really great, but it was interesting. Anyway, to say all that, I wasn't getting enough sleep. I was laying at night thinking, oh, what about the church at home? What about this? What about that? What about the rest? And so I came to church, and I was sitting in the back row, and Beth came by to say hi. And I said, Beth, I'm not getting enough sleep. Would you pray for me? And she said, oh, sure, Laura. And she stuck her arm around me and put her hand on my head. It was like somebody put an iron on my head and went, shh, with the steam. The power of God went to me, and I slept six hours, no problem that night. You slept nine hours. Oh, I slept nine hours. I told you I slept really good. But you guys. If she gives you a number, look to me, okay? <laughs> she can tell you a story totally correct, but when she gets to the numbers, she gets it wrong. Yeah. I'm really not good not at numbers. Not perfect, but no, almost. No. Are you going to do these good confessions? Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> oh, I have the microphone. I profit. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay, I everybody be... say, stand up. Come on. Go slow. Okay, you guys, I'll say it in French and I'll say it in English. No, no, no. We're doing it in English. Just in English. English. Okay. English, yes. I don't think we're doing it in French. I'm a miracle going someplace to happen. I'm a miracle going someplace to happen. Okay, now say it like you believe it. I'm a miracle going someplace to happen. I'm a miracle going someplace to happen. I'm a nightmare for the devil. I'm a nightmare for the devil. When I lay hands on the sick. When I lay hands on the sick. They recover. They recover. I've got. I've got. The greater one. The greater one. Living inside of me. Living inside of me. When I release the power of God. When I release the power of God. No power in darkness. No power darkness. Can resist it. Can resist it. Because Jesus. Because Jesus. Because who? Because Jesus is greater, is greater than he that is without. Than he that is without. But the greater one. But the greater one lives inside of me. Lives inside of me. And I'm glad to be me. And I'm glad to be me. Give yourself a kiss. And and God. And God. You love me. You love me. Give yourself a hug. Oh, la, 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 la. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Laura. Laura. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. 
and his mercy endures forever. There are sick people around us. And maybe you are here because you need healing for you. But I think you should also be here because you need healing for them. There is a healer in the house. He's in this house, but he's in this house. He's in your house. He's inside you. The Prince of Peace. When Jesus told them, go in wherever you go, give that house your peace. He he was telling them, they hadn't Jesus inside them already. It's quite extraordinary because, you know, we have, and and, and Pastor said this last week. He said that the the apostles weren't apostles when he sent them out two by two. They weren't saved. They were just going out with delegated authority and doing what Jesus told them to do. But here we don't have these guys. We don't know who they are. Does anyone know the name of the 70 or 72 others? Anybody? We don't know their names, do we? Or do we? We know two of their names. Because when Jesus went and hung himself, they, Peter said, we have to replace him. And they said, we have to have one of the guys who's been with us all the time. So they ch- ch- chose two, and they, 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 they drew straws for it. <laughs> they weren't led by the Spirit yet. They hadn't been filled with the Spirit, okay? That's the, the last time we see them, them drawing straws for something. But, so we might, we might know two of their names, but we don't know their names. And I think that's in the Bible, especially because... Maybe there are a lot of people that don't know your name. And perhaps you're not called to be fivefold ministry, not called to be an apostle, a prophet, a pastor, an evangelist, a pastor, or a doctor, but you are called to be a Christian. Amen. And the same Jesus lives inside you who lives inside of me. Amen? Same Jesus lives inside of you who lives inside Pastor Mike. Is that true? Is he smaller in you? He's no smaller in you. Now, we can give more place to the Spirit of God in our lives as we give more place to the Word of God. We can give more place to the anointing, but it's the same Jesus. There aren't different shades of Jesus. Amen? And when he sent them out, I don't know if you, 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 you noticed that when we read, but he sent 72 out, and he says in verse, let me get this right, verse 9, heal the sick. And none of them said, wait a minute, wait a minute, how do we do that? Wait a minute, is it your will always to heal the sick? Did you notice that? Because when I read the Bible, I always read the Bible and reading what's there, but what isn't there as well. What wasn't said. They didn't, didn't put it into question. They didn't say, yeah, but if someone doesn't get healed, what happens? They didn't think like that. You know why? Because they seen Jesus... And Jesus never, there were questions Jesus never asked. Have you noticed, when people came for healing, he never asked them, how did you get sick? How are you living? He never asked those questions. It's like he wasn't interested. And I had a, we had an amazing man of God come to our church. He was 79 years old. He'd been pastoring for 50 years and uh, started a church with 13 people and had 3,000 people in the church. And he said some of these key phrases that, you know, that stay with you always. And he said, the church should be like the airlines. I said, what? He said, the church should be the airlines. We don't care where people are coming from. We just want to know where they want to go. And let's get them there. Amen? And that's just stayed with me. People come from all sorts of backgrounds, from totally, um, total disillusion. Disillusionment, is that the word in English? Disillusioned, yeah, come from broken families, come from prison, come from all sorts of abuse and all sorts of bondage. And in some ways, we shouldn't care. 
All we should want to know is, where do you want to go? Because if you want to go with God, we can help you. Amen? And if people come sick, we can help them to get healed. Amen? And we can do what the Bible says to do. But I just find it remarkable yeah, that we've, we've, we've a church culture out there that are always putting into question, is it God's will to heal? Read your Bible. Good definition of the kingdom of God? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can you imagine heaven with sickness? Could it possibly be called heaven if there was sickness? But putting that aside, Jesus said, He who's seen me, he's seen the Father. Jesus, we have one man. End of Mark chapter 1. One man who, puts, who asked Jesus the question. And maybe we should understand. Yeah, he was a leper. And lepers had to ring bells and scream, unclean, unclean. They weren't allowed to come into public. So he comes to Jesus, which he's not allowed to do. And he says, if you will, you can make me whole. Should we turn there? Let's turn there. Mark chapter 1, verse 40. I think it's really important. If you want to be healed, and God actually offers you more than that. I don't know if you've realized that. You probably have because you're so well taught here. But God just doesn't want you healed when you get sick. God wants you to live in, in divine health. Amen? And, and you know how important it is what you say? If you haven't start saying, start saying it. Every day, I live long and I live strong. Yeah? He says, with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. It's part of the American culture. It's a part of the French culture. It's a little bit different in France, but in America, you have these wonderful commercials where they want to sell you these marvelous medicines, and after they've told you this medicine is wonderful for you, then they tell you what all the uh, secondary effects are, and you think, yeah, I must really want to die to take this medicine. Um, but people, people basically with Blue Cross, Blue Shield, with Obamacare and all the rest, basically are preparing to get Alzheimer, to die a, a, a dastardly death, when we should be preparing yeah, to fall asleep in good health at the end of our life, having fulfilled what God has called us to do. Have you, have you, have you made that decision? Please don't wait until you get into your later years. to Make, make it when you're young. That means today, if you haven't already done it. You should have done it. When's the best time to plant a tree? Anybody know? 20 years ago. But if you haven't planted one 20 years ago, plant one today. When's the best time to get into the Word? Well, it was best 20 years ago. But if you haven't done so, get in there now. And if you haven't done so, put a guard on your mouth concerning health and healing. You know, when you forget something, you know, sometimes we have a, a blank, we're in the middle of a... A, a thought, and we lose the thought, and, and people say, I'm getting old, I'm getting senile. Don't say that. That's no problem. We have lots of thought. We've got all these synapses and things, I don't understand all that, going across our brains. So you forgot where you were. Rewind, get back there. Maybe it wasn't so important. Maybe, maybe it was good you forgot. Maybe there's something better to say. Or maybe being quiet was better. <laughs> Haven't tried that one, have we? It's, it's, like, it's like the telecommand. Do you call it a telecommand? The uh, remote. The remote on the television. You know, no man has ever found the off button. You know why? Because it's the on button. 
But we have to turn it off, don't we? Yes? And we have to sometimes just close our mouth and go, I shouldn't be saying that. But you have to start saying and say all the time, I walk in health. I'm walking in the blessings of God. God doesn't just want you healthy. He wants you to take that healing to the world. Yeah? So Luke. No? Mark. Mark 1.40. New International Version again. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, he didn't say, if you're able. He said, if you're willing. Only person that asked Jesus what its will was. If you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his, don't do that, Jesus. Have you got people? I don't know if people do this here, but they don't come close. I mean, in France, we kiss everybody. Sorry, guys. Yeah, when I go to Quebec, I do not kiss the men in Quebec. They do not like that. They squeeze your hand like lumberjacks. I mean, it's like, take your arm off. But people go, don't kiss me, I'm contagious. And you know what I say? I am too. What are you contagious with? Let's be contagious with the power of God. Let that healing flow. Me? Yeah, but don't look at you. Look at Jesus in you. You can't heal anybody. When you come to this reality of, I can't do it, but God in me can. That really sets you free because otherwise we're trying to work something up. We're trying to work emotions up. We're trying to create an atmosphere. And I don't know if you've noticed, but some of the amazing, most amazing miracles that happen in our life happen in the most sterile atmosphere. It's like, oh, I thought it was after we praised God for four or five hours God would do it. You know, he's likely, because you praised him for four or five hours, he's likely the next day when you're sipping your coffee or in your shower to... Loose the miracle. Because otherwise, we would, oh, let's build a tent. You know, let's do this. Okay, so after four or five hours, we'll, we'll get the miracle. But we have to realize it's God in us that does it. Amen? That, that set me free because I've learned, and we've prayed for, I don't know, maybe tens of thousands of people. I don't, thousands and thousands. And, you know, sometimes the, the anointing is very strong. and People get knocked off their feet. But I've learned, I mean, I haven't done the statistics because it's very difficult to do, but as many people have gone, been healed when we've prayed for them, standing still with no emotion, with no feeling. If I ask them, did you feel anything? They would say, absolutely nothing. So I don't ask them. I mean, we've got, we've got this thing that, you know, check yourself out and see if you're better. Well, often I think that gives place to doubt because you don't feel better. And I usually tell people after we've had a healing line, especially when some people have been laid out by the Holy Spirit, and then you've got other people that rest, uh, just stood standing there, you can see it in their eyes. Well, why didn't I get it? They did. And I tell them, when you go to bed tonight, just thank God that the healing anointing went in you. And when you wake up tomorrow, thank God. And we've had people come back and say, I had to do that three days. And suddenly, come and tell the story about Joanna. Come and tell the story about Joanna. You, just one story, okay? <laughs> Wait a minute, I think we have, probably have to turn it on. Oh, can we put this on? Hallelujah. Okay. Yeah, wonderful. Joanna is a beautiful Brazilian lady. And her first husband died, unfortunately. And so she was a widower. Uh, no, she, a widow. A widow. widow. And she didn't have any children. Anyways, uh, this French guy saw her. 
And so he decided he wanted to marry her. So they got married, and they had two beautiful daughters, um, Linda, Linda, Linda and, and Darina. Darina. And they're beautiful young ladies. And Darina and Linda love Jesus. Uh, Joanna does Rhema, and so she says, there's three of us in our family doing Rhema, Linda and Darina and myself, because she comes home from school and tells them everything she's learned. And her husband overhears it. But he comes along to church. He's a very, very well-to-do businessman. And he comes along to church just occasionally to make her happy. So he sits through the service, and he likes it, you know, and he likes that we give him kisses and hugs and things like that. I've taught the French people how to hug. They don't really understand hugs. So you have to teach them. You say, say, a calan American. We say it's an American hug. So then we teach them how to hug. So anyway, Joanna uh, has had really bad, serious back problems for many years. And she's been to all the doctors, and nobody could heal, get her healed. And so John said to her, he said, listen, Joanna, Laura's got a really strong healing anointing. What you do is every time you come to church, you come up, and Laura will lay hands on you. So every service she would come up, we usually have a Saturday night service as well, and she would come up, and I would lay hands on her and loose the anointing to her. And this has been going on for about a year and a half. And then the summer she came up, she'd been away for three weeks with her husband on holiday and the kids, and she came back, and I said, Oh, Joanna, so you've come up for your back. And she said, Oh, no, for my mother. And we prayed for her, and she went back to her seat, and she thought, Oh, that's right. I'm healed. I was about three weeks ago, and I hadn't even realized it. You guys... The Bible says that believers will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It's not that they might recover, but they will recover. And what you guys have to realize is it's not you that's doing it. It's God. But he needs your permission. He needs you to release that authority. When people say, you can pray for me, do it. Okay, I'll give you back. We realize that in our church we have some people who've had some long-term problems with health and as as laura said she has a very strong healing anointing and maybe you have a strong healing anointing on you well i want to ask you a question what are you doing with it and i said to laura please every time these people come in just go hug them and pray for them at the same time just lay hands on them not not you know don't do something formal but just keep doing it why because that that healing anointing flows and we should stand with people don't ask them how they're doing that doesn't help them most people, when you ask them how they're doing, they'll tell you all the medicine they're taking, all the, in France anyway, they'll tell you every, they call them professor, every specialist they've seen, and all the different things they're taking. And it's like, I didn't understand any of that. So I don't ask them how they're doing. Amen? One person asked Jesus, is it your will? Jesus touched him. You don't touch lepers. But Jesus doesn't care because he knows the anointing that's on him. The Holy Ghost in him is much stronger. So what are you afraid of? Are you afraid of catching something? Or are you going to give something? Let's decide we're going to give people something. I mean, I think, I don't know if we're over it, but wow, did we get scared. I mean, when I was a kid, cancer was the, the, big, the big C, was the big scare, wasn't it? The last few years, it's been AIDS. Going to get AIDS. Well, are you going to get AIDS? I mean, there's several reasons I'm not going to get AIDS. One is because I live with one woman. I'm, I'm faithful to her. She's faithful to me. She's not sleeping with anybody else. I'm not sleeping with anyone else. That's a good start. No? I mean, I'm not doing it. 
It's a very good start. Enjoy that very much. Um, we teach on family. Sorry, guys. Um, I'm not taking drugs. I'm not injecting myself with anything. Um, I don't need to. I get high on Jesus. There's no high like the most high. I never did drugs. I was too young. I would have done them if I would not got saved so young, probably. But I never did drugs. But Laura did lots of drugs. And when she got saved, uh, she got called in by the principal of her school, by all her teachers. They wanted to know what drug she was on now. All her friends wanted to know so they could try it too. And she didn't know because the people who led her to the Lord didn't tell her how to share with others. So she just said that she'd become a Jesus freak. (laughs) And they all sat her down and asked to testify. So she testified to them. But she said she's never been as high on anything as she's high on Jesus. But let's be high on Jesus. So I'm not going to get I'm not going to get A's by that way. And I'm not believing that. Well, first I'm not believing that I'm going to have to have a blood trans, uh, transfusion if I do need to. It'll be clean. Yeah, because even if it came in dirty, it's going to go out clean. I mean, <laughs> I have the life of God flowing in me. Do you? But we need to say that, and we need to believe that, and we need to speak that. Yes. Okay. Hope this is helping you. It's encouraging me. I feel I feel great. So, Jesus touched him. Jesus reached out and touched him. I'm still in Mark 1, 41. And said, he said, this is Jesus answering the question once and for all. Or he said he never did what he didn't see his father doing. And he never said what he didn't hear his father saying. And he said, I am willing. And I hope that's underlined in your Bible. And it's maybe something you need to tell yourself for the next 10, 15 days, a month. Jesus says, I am willing. Because that's the biggest problem people have with healing. Because if he's God, he's able. But is he willing? And he answers it. And I would encourage you, if you haven't done it, please go through the four Gospels and underline. Use your highlighters. You can do it in your, on your, your, your electronic Bibles as well. Underline everything on healing. Everything. And read and reread. We were challenged by uh, Brother Hagen when we were in class. We uh, graduated 84, so we were in class 82, 84. And he taught us a lot on healing. He was an expert, and uh, not just on getting other people healed, but he stayed, stayed healed. You, do you know his story? Yeah? I mean, he was told he could not survive past his 16th birthday with the, the, the deformed heart and two... Uh, deadly blood diseases, he, he had to die. Five doctors told him that, and the pastors told him the same thing and tried to get him ready for, for heaven. Uh, the only problem is he wasn't saved at first, so he would have gone to hell, but he did get saved on, on this deathbed. I mean, he was there for 16 months, and he said he f- fell into comas for weeks at a time sometimes, but he just decided if there was any help, he'd find it in the Word, and he found it in the world, and he lived 69 years longer than the doctors said that he lived. He lived. So he actually celebrated his uh, 86th birthday before falling asleep and going to heaven. But he also learned not only how to heal the sick, but also how to stay healthy. And uh, we, we need to learn how to stay healthy. You know, and we, I was in, in a van uh, one day with a whole bunch of Rhema directors, and we were discussing what we were doing to keep ourselves healthy and fitness and what we were eating. And then one of them said, yeah, but you know, that's all good. But let's stay in the Word. It's the Word. It's Jesus that keeps us healthy. And it is good to take care of yourself. I think as Californians, you're pretty good at taking care of yourself. We could probably do more. But, but, there is a devil out there. And sickness is in this earth. 
So we need more than just eating right and doing exercise. We need to be grounded in the Word. But he challenges Brother Hagin, and he said, there are 19 individuals that you'll find in the Gospels who got healed that we know their story. Now, there's whole crowds that get healed, but we don't know their stories. We just know that Jesus healed them all. But we don't know anything about them. I mean, we know that they came to hear and be healed. That's that's told several times. We know that the the anointing of of God was present to heal, the Bible says. But there are 19 that we know something about. And he he said, you have to check this out. But 12 of the 19 received by their faith. And I said, really? I thought they got healed. Because Jesus heals. I mean, because Jesus did it. But I would tell you, I would just encourage you. Study that out for yourself. You'll never get more revelation than what you find yourself when you're sitting with your Bible and talking to God about it. Never get more. You know, and when your pastor says something, especially if you come regularly to hearing school, you're, I didn't know that. Well, go and check it out. Spend time. Read it. Read the chapter in front, the chapter it's in, the chapter afterwards, and say, where do I see this elsewhere in the Bible? Because the Bible says everything is confirmed by two or three witnesses. And it's really good. And when you, when you discover something for yourself, no one can shake you from that afterwards. And we want to be unshakable when it comes to healing. You agree? Why? Because we want to walk in health, but we also want to take that healing to other people. I've got two other scriptures that are important that I want to look at with you. One of them is in Proverbs, and I'm sure you've seen this, but... I felt very strongly we needed to look at it. So it's in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20. 20 through 23. It says, my son or my daughter, we understand that, yes? Pay attention to what I say. And we're in a world where we're paying attention to a lot of things. At the moment, we're paying attention to World Series. We're paying attention to the elections. Yeah, hopefully um, married men, you're paying attention to your wives. Married women, you're paying attention to your husbands. Parents, you're paying attention to your children. Amen? We pay attention to a lot of things, but we should pay attention, yeah, to what God says. Yeah? Turn your ear to my words. I found something remarkable. In this technological age, you don't, you don't have to just read the Bible. You can get the Bible, you can get it to read it to yourself. I mean, you can listen to it. You know, sometimes when you're doing things, you get busy. Have you ever just put the Bible on? Do you do that? It's wonderful. I've been encouraging people in my church to do it. Just put the Bible on. I mean, you know, it's, it's just wonderful just to hear someone else reading it to you. And you can go through chapter after chapter, and suddenly you go, oh, I didn't ever see that. And you go and open your Bible and go, oh, it is there. Just, just really good. And remember, faith comes by hearing. It's really important, I believe, to let the word come in through our eye gates and through our ear gates. But I think we've, we've, we haven't, perhaps, I mean, Laura said this years ago. She, she reads her Bible out loud. She says, I need to hear it. But we can do that now. I mean, there's all sorts of versions of the Bible, and, and you can listen to them and find, find someone you like their voice and, and just put it on. If you can't sleep at night, put the Bible on. It's a wonderful thing. I mean, if you fall asleep, God will forgive you. I don't think the devil will want to wake you up so often if you put the Bible back on. I never have bad hair days. And, you know, if you get out the wrong side of bed, you know what, do you use that phrase in, in here? Getting out the wrong side of the bed, meaning you wake up with a bad attitude? 
I found a solution to that. You push your bed against the wall, and you can only get out the, the right side. That's British humor, okay? It says, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Let, keep them within your heart. And then verse 22, for they are life. What are life? My words. My words are life to those who find them. You know what you have to do to find something? Pardon? You have to search for it. You have to seek. Hide and seek. You remember hide and seek? Yeah? You remember hide and seek? Okay, let me, let me tell you something about hide and seek. When you play hide and seek, you remember hide and seek? All those years ago? There's some rules that you have to set when you're going to play hide and seek. Because if you say we're going to play hide and seek, and someone runs out of the house and goes and hides in the shed, and you're looking for them in the house, you're going to spend all day looking for them in the house, you'll not find them, yeah? And I found so many Christians, they're looking for God outside. They're going to other people, what's God saying to you? Do you have a word of prophecy for me? God isn't hiding outside, he's in the house. We seek him inside, we seek him in his word. We seek him where he is, not outside. He said, for their life for those who find them, and health to one's whole body. His words. If you seek me, you'll find me, if you seek me with all your heart. We need to seek those words out, okay? Yeah, it's homework. But it's really worth it. Any of you do any exercise? Do you do push-ups or sit-ups or planks? Do you go walk? Do you run? Cycle? What else do we do here? Surf? Anybody surf here? We saw people surfing. First time I think I've ever seen anyone surfing in live. I've seen them in the films when they're on these, you know, 15, 20 foot waves, you know, these professionals. That's something. But see all these kids going out at Oceanside. That was really quite something. It's good to stay, stay healthy. It's good to do, to, to have habits that keep us healthy. But there's not, no better habit to keep you healthy than to be in the Bible every day. But I don't hear from God. God doesn't speak to me. Well, you're not reading your Bible then. Read your Bible every day. God will talk to you every day. You seek him, you'll find him. He says, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. And then he says, and this is better than Red Cross, Red, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, uh, Obamacare. I don't know what, what you have as health insurance. He says, above all else, above all else, guard your heart. Above all else. I don't know. Did you inherit some jewelry from your mother, from your grandmother? Have you got something that's precious? Have you got it in a safe somewhere? I don't know. Maybe it's in, in a bank somewhere. In, in Europe, they put it in deposit boxes in banks. Banks. You've seen it in the films, so they do this. Every, every bank you go into, they have these huge vaults. And I don't know if that's like that here in the States, but they put their things. You know, never see them. But, it, but he says, above all else, guard your heart. Your heart's much more precious than anything else you have. Because that's where God lives. He says, for everything you do flows from it. Everything you do flows from your heart. But we have to guard our heart. Maybe for everybody here, maybe for one person here, but I felt very strongly, if you've let yourself be offended, if you've guarding something in your heart against somebody, if you're angry, if you're hurt, you have to give that up if you want to walk in health. And if you want that healing flow to come out of you, you have to walk into forgiveness. And it's not because someone comes and asks you to forgive them that you forgive them. It's because 
You decide to forgive them because you have been forgiven. John, you don't know what they've done to me. Hey, I've been a pastor for 32 years. I don't know what they've done to you, but I, can, <laughs> I know what they've done to me. We've been criticized by experts. People decided to do everything they could to kill our church, to kill us. And, you know, we just said, we walk in love. How do you do that when people have been awful to you? When people meet you in the street and said, you you should be in prison for what you've done. I said, well, go call the police then. I said, it's not true, but call the police. You know, let's, let's sort this out. I mean, we've been through some things, but I just decided what anybody says about me, what anyone does to me, I'm going to walk in love and forgive them. My heart is pure before God. I haven't walked perfectly, but I've done pretty good these last 42 years. But one thing I know, that it's my job to guard my heart. And I've had people come back. I mean, nearly all of them, I think, now have come back and apologized. Some of them I made stand up in my church and apologize publicly because they said things publicly. I've always had a witness. And some of them are like, Shock, what's this person doing? I said, well, you, you need, there needs to be a witness to what you're doing. Last person to apologize apologized to me on a stage with the internet on us. They said, I want to say I'm sorry. And I said, well, you know me. I said, 24 years ago, I forgave you. And then I just spoke blessings on the person because I haven't guarded anything against that person. I refuse to speak bad about anybody. I refuse to hold a grudge. I refuse to be angry. Why? Because I want health in my body. I want health in our marriage. I want health in our family. But I also want, when I pray for people, for that anointing to be flowing out of me. I don't want it to be clogged, my end. Because it's not clogged up there. God doesn't have bad days. He never wakes up in the morning and says, I don't feel like doing my stuff today. The angels never go on strike. Amen? If there's a blockage... Now, I'm not talking about the person who's there I'm praying for, who's receiving. I'm talking about me who's wanting to release that anointing. I have to guard my heart. So just, just if you need to do a check, and it's very easy, really. The people who hurt you in the past, can you think about them without getting upset, bitter, anger, angry? Do you want, can you bless them? Because if you start blessing those people, asking God to, to take care of them and to prosper them, to give them good success, praying for their family, praying for them, that's how you overcome it. You do the opposite of what the devil wants you to do because he wants you to curse them and be bitter and, and when people talk about them, you say, yeah, and they did this to me. Really? I thought you'd forgiven them. Forgive and forget. That's what Jesus did with your sin. That's what God did with your sin. Amen? Very important if we want healing to flow out of us. Amen? I think I've said all I need to say about that. But it's not really what I say what's important. It's, it's what you do with it. You want to say something, princess? Really? Am I surprised? Okay, turn to 2 Corinthians 5 and my wife will come and share something. I love you, beautiful. Unforgiveness and bitterness is sometimes something that can run in families. You know, our family are really quick to walk in love, but we held grudges. And I know even for me, after when I first got saved, I had had a grudge in my heart, a bitterness and anger against someone that had seriously hurt me when I was younger. And I decided when I was older that I was going to destroy his life for what he'd done to me. And to make a long story short, when we were on our honeymoon, um, 
the Holy, we were spending time in France, visiting France to discover where we're going to live. And we were down there. They had a, a rendezvous with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit put his finger on it and said, you've got to let, the, let bitterness go. But it had been with me for so long, it was hard to let go of it. And tonight, I feel that there's people here, and you're under bondage. Things, situations have come against you, and they're held you down. And it's almost like your head's in a headlock, and it's just being squeezing the life out of you. And others of you, you just need a good dose of joy. And if you need that tonight, I'd be really happy to pray with you, and John would too, um, just to release the anointing in your life. We, we fly back on Tuesday. You've got great pastors. So if you don't want prayer from us, I don't feel hurt. <laughs> You're so funny. 2 Corinthians 5, I'll finish with this. This is the other thing the Lord's t- told me very much to share with you. Um, Luke 10, he sends them out, and they all come back, and they say, even the demons yeah, were submitted to your name. I mean, they, they realized they weren't doing it, but it was the name of Jesus. They had this delegated authority. They weren't any of them said, didn't work for us. Did you notice that? As I said, you have to read what's not there. None of them said, oh, wow, what did you do? Because it wasn't working for us. They all came back, and Jesus says, I saw Satan fall from heaven. But he said, don't rejoice. Don't rejoice because demons submit to you in my name but rejoice because your name is written in the book of life. You know, sometimes when you you start ministering, you start praying for people, you start sharing the gospel, God starts doing things, and we think that we're, excuse me, we think we're better. I've made it. I prayed for the first person who got healed. Well, no, you, you made it when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Amen? Is that true or not? You know, there is not a better position in the kingdom of God than child of God. Jesus calls us his friends. God calls us his children. We're, we're, we're co... I know it in French. What's it in English? Co-heirs, yeah. Co-heirs with Jesus. So it's actually not a question of what you're doing. It's who you are. Amen? I think that's very important because otherwise we start rating people. Oh, wow, did you see the anointing? And oh, Jesus heals. We don't heal. And we have to tell people that. You know, with the French, it's very difficult. You, you pray for them, they get healed, and they come back, and they think you're a healer. You know, in, in France, I think we have 30,000 professional healers, mediums and healers. You know, so you pray for someone. Well, it's already they're, they're shocked because you didn't ask them for some money because it's a money business, I mean, you know. We always have to tell them, no, it's Jesus who healed you. Then we preach the gospel to them. So what does it say here? 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. I always ask this in Bible school when I'm teaching on ministry gifts. I say, what is the most important ministry? And because I've been a pastor for a long time, most of the students aren't a pastor because they think, you know, I'm going to be impressed with them. And I said, well, actually, that's not true. The most important ministry is the one at which you're called to. But it's actually two answers, because we're all called to one ministry, which is the ministry of reconciliation. Because I am called to be a pastor and a teacher. We're called to be missionaries. I mean, God sent us across the world. We left everything to follow the Lord. But the most 
important ministry we're called to. And a lot of people say, I'd like to be a missionary. And so it starts at Jerusalem. It starts with your neighbors across the road. It starts with the neighbors next to you. It starts with your colleague. If you're not sharing Jesus with them, please don't think it's going to be easier elsewhere. Especially in a different language and a different culture, it's not going to be easier. We don't, you know, run away from things. We run to things. But he says here that he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Why? Because Jesus died and paid for their sins. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. When you're sharing the gospel, please make it good news. Laura and I have been, um, well, called of God to share about family issues and sex. We teach a lot on sex with, with youth. We're invited to big conferences, talk, talk a lot, lot about sex. And we, we heard there was a whole movement in, in the States which was called Why Wait? And I don't know if you ever followed that teaching, but it started with you shouldn't have sex before you're married because you could get this disease or you could get pregnant. And it was like, it was so negative. And we thought, that's really not the reason you shouldn't have sex before, before you're married. The reason you shouldn't have sex before you're married is because you love God. Because sex is good. Making love with your wife is wonderful. And we always used to start that. And the pastors, when we started our conferences, like, we go, <gasps> you know, what are they saying? And we said, it's wonderful when you've made a lifelong commitment to a, another person. It's a wonderful thing. It's blessed of God. But it's not blessed of God when you haven't made that. And, and there can be all sorts of uh, uh, repercussions. So I, I'm so used to speaking in French. You'll have to forgive me. I don't do this very often. Obviously, you're going to do it more often in the future. But, um, but why go the wrong way around it? Why tell them the negative side when we can tell them the positive side? Why wait? Because you want to honor the person you're going to marry. I saved myself for my wife. She saved herself for me. We offered ourselves to each other as a gift. I mean, that's, that's a wonderful thing to do, isn't it? Ministry of reconciliation. He says, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. So when you tell people, tell them the good news. I, I think preaching hell, how do you say it? Hell, fire, and damnation. I don't think that works terribly well today. I think telling people they can have a living a, a relationship with a living God, they, they can have peace. See, this, this is what the world is, is looking for. Sick people are looking for healing. Empty people are looking to be filled. Um, perturbed people are looking for peace. See, and that's what, that's what Jesus came to me. He came that we might know life and life more abundantly. He came that we could know God. And you find peace in yourself when you find peace with God. Amen? So this message of reconciliation, we are therefore, verse 20, Christ's ambassadors. And I don't know if you've ever spent any time meditating on, on that thought of being an ambassador. But if I could, could uh, encourage you to think about an ambassador, maybe even look it up on, on the internet. What, what does an ambassador do and what, how does he live? And uh, it's very interesting as an image because an ambassador represents another country. The ambassador of the United States in France doesn't live in a small apartment um, with, on the seventh floor without a lift, you know, which many French people do. Elevator. That's right. Elevator. That's what I said. He, he lives like 
a very wealthy American in France, and everything he says has, he has the whole of the United States backing him, behind him. And we're ambassadors for God. Anyway, I'll let you think about that. He says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of on Christ's path, be reconciled to God. Verse 21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I said that was going to be the last verse, but I've got one other, and then we'll pray, if that's okay with you. One Peter 2.24, 1 Peter 2.24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. We believe that? By his wounds, you have been healed. We've had a joy of going to lunch and to evening meals with a whole bunch of wonderful people while I've been in California. We met lots of pastors, sharing with them what we're doing. And um, trying to learn how to do this, we read a wonderful book, which is called The God Ask. And uh, it said, when you go to lunch with people, make sure you pay the bill. You know, so we've invited these pastors, we'd like to take you to lunch. And I have to tell you, they're awful, the pastors in, in California. They just won't let you pay. None of them would. I mean, it's like, we invited you. Yeah, but you're in our country, you're in our state. You know. And you know, one thing I didn't do at any of those restaurants, I didn't go up and pay again. Why? Because it had been paid. I mean, I could have given the pastor the money. They wouldn't have accepted it. You know, kind of fought with them, but I didn't really want to get on their wrong side. And they were very generous, and we had wonderful times with them. But the fact is, if you've paid your gas bill or your electricity bill, and they send you a reminder to pay it, what do you do? Do you pay it again? You paid it. You might check with your bank that the money went out, but you're not going to send another check, are you? Well, most of us don't do it by check anymore anyway. So it's by transfer or whatever, yeah? But you won't pay it again. Jesus paid. This is the most wonderful thing. This is the gospel. When you pray for someone to be healed, know that it's been paid. And you don't have to pay it again, and they don't have to pay it again. It's a lie of the devil that we have to pay again. Jesus sent out 70, 72 other disciples and just told them, heal the sick, cast out demons. And they went, okay. Why? Because they'd only see Jesus doing that. And then they'd seen the, the 12 that became the apostles. They saw them do it. So they go, okay, they did it. Jesus did it. They did it. We'll do it. And they come back and go, yep, it works. I mean, <laughs> and I think we, we've complicated it and we have to bring it down. And so I can do this. And what we say in our church, we have healing schools well. And uh, not every week, but we probably should go to that. I um, have to talk to the new lead pastor, won't I? Um, if people 
talk to you about their sickness. And sometimes they go on and on, don't they? You can meet someone in a, in a, in a supermarket, you call it? Grocery store. And they'll talk about their sickness. You just say, oh, I got this and I got that and I hurt here and I hurt there. What do you say? Because we say if they have to take the right to five, five, ten minutes in the line talking about their sickness, why don't you take two or three minutes to talk about healing? Give them a testimony. Anybody here got a testimony of healing? Anybody here been touched in their body? Can you raise your hand and and wave it around a little bit? Because sometimes people, they, well, we talk about it a lot, but does anyone get healed? Please raise your hand. Would, Would you please go and talk to one of those people at some point in church and ask them, what have you been healed of? Tell me about it. Because sometimes we, it's like theoretical when so many people have been healed. Amen? But when people talk to you about their sickness, talk about, to them about a loving, healing God. And do what Laura does. I mean, Laura's radically changed my life because she's so free and she's never met a stranger in her life. And I'm much more reserved when I first meet people. But she'll pray with anybody anywhere. And if people start talking about their sickness, she's going to talk about healing and she'll pray for them. She says, can I pray for you? And she said in France, they all think you're going to run into a church and light a candle. That's praying for them. And they say yes. So she says, give me your hand. Because laying on hands may be different in church, but it's certainly not like in, 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 when you're out in public, you don't close your eyes and don't put your hand on their forehead. I mean, you know, people are going to think you're crazy. But you can take the hand or you can put your hand in each other. And one thing we've learned is when you're praying with people that don't know God, a short, faith-filled prayer, God will answer. But a long-winded, religious prayer will just put their backs up. Probably God's as well. He probably goes, what's my son doing now? God would much prefer it. You know, and it may be the start of something. And do invite them to church. Because they need to come. Maybe they need to come to healing school. Perhaps it'll take them a while before they get it. But I don't think we should be concerned about that. But, you know, this has got a wonderful opportunity here Sunday night to fill this place with sick people who don't know God. And they will know God. Because God is preached here. Could we have a prayer time? Is that okay with you? Okay. Didn't really ask what time I should go to. We probably, have we gone past it? Huh? We're okay? Are we Okay. Okay, we don't have to be long. Amen? Hallelujah. Laura said already she'd like to pray for people who just uh, need some joy and... And just, they just feel oppressed. Feel oppressed. Amen? Let's all stand up. We'll pray a prayer together. And uh, if there are people who would like prayer, please come forward and we'll pray for you and lay hands on you. Pastor Mike, will you pray as well? Yeah? And uh, it just, hey, can, can, can Marilyn come pray too? I just, in our church, we, we have our, our different pastors come pray because then people don't have to wait a long time. And, you know, um, we just, we'll just lay, we're going to lay hands on you. Please come to receive. If you're not sure, it's much better. I've heard Pastor Mike say that. It's bit, much better to wait because you want to come up in faith. Amen? When you're in the, in the street with people who don't know anything, God's going to do his stuff. But in church, you know, it's better. But if you know, if you go, I'm ready to receive, then, then come and receive. And we'll lay hands on you. I promise you, our hearts have been prepared for this. And we're going to let the anointing flow. Just let it flow into you. Can I say something? I don't know. What are you going to say? Just something. 
I don't know what she, I never know what she's going to say. I, I just want to bless you guys before before you. I was going to pray for everybody. Because you guys have given so much to France. You've made a difference in France and in Haiti. Yeah. You know, and your seed, you go where your seed is sown. And I, and I said that before, but I, I wanted to say the other thing is, you know, you have a harvest on that seed. And I believe tonight manifestations for things that you've been standing for are going to happen because Jesus is the healer and this is a house of healing. You know, the anointing is strong here. And you guys hook up your faith with us that God will meet their needs. So, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for what has been shared tonight. We thank you. Hallelujah. There is healing in the house because Jesus is here. You are the good shepherd. You are <laughs> the great pastor of the flock. And we thank you, Jesus, that you came in with each one of us. And we thank you that your presence, your anointing is present to heal. Father, we see these people coming forward who are prepared and ready <laughs> to receive. And we believe the anointing will flow from the top of their heads to the tips of their toes. And Father, we believe that every organ in their body will function as you created to function. Father, we believe that sickness is going to be driven out in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. And Father, we believe for every person here, <laughs> hallelujah, that they're going to have the opportunity to pray for healing for others. And every person in this place will see people healed because you told us to go and heal the sick. And Father, we believe that many, many will be added to this church Amen. because they were prayed for for healing and then they wanted to get to know the healer, Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, we thank you that healing is the children's bread. Thank you for while we pray. Father, the Holy Spirit will lead us. Please join us as we pray. Hallelujah. We good? We good? Anyone? You can, why don't we stand here and let them come to us? Then you can go to who you want to and, uh, or we can come to you. Yeah? With you? Okay, go on then. Hallelujah. Can I pray for you? Good. Yeah, we got some men just in case anyone falls. Do you want to just lift up your hands? I really don't need to know anything. Is that okay? Because he knows. So in the name of Jesus. Father, Father, I thank you. I thank you. Healing, healing, healing. Flow in Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Oh, I thank you that healing... Healing is the children's bread. Can I lay hands on you? Is that okay? In the name of Jesus. Yeah. Don't, don't pray. Just receive. Just receive. Just receive in Jesus' name. Yeah. Healing is the children's bread. Be healed in Jesus' name. Yeah. From the top of your head to the tips of your toes. In Jesus' name. Yes. 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 Hallelujah. Can I lay hands on you? Is that okay? In the name of Jesus. Do you want to lift your hands to the Lord? Healing comes from heaven. Be healed in Jesus' name. Yes, yes. The Lord says yes. <laughs> he only has one word concerning healing. Yes, it is my will. Be healed. Hallelujah. Healing is the children's bread and you're a child of God. It's paid for. It's paid for. Let it flow, not just in you, but through you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I lay hands on you? Is that okay? Can I lift your hands to the Lord? Yes. Yes. Healing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Healing anointing flowing in you. 
<laughs> flowing through. The healer lives in you. <laughs> He's your Lord and your Savior. Oh, that wellspring. Health is coming out of that wellspring of your heart. Hallelujah. Chiasso, Bradini. Be healed. Be healed. In Jesus' name. Yes. Health. Health to all your flesh. <laughs> yep. 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 In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you just with her? Yeah. Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Where am I going? I think we'll just move oh. over this way just a little bit. I just, just, just try and do everything in order, okay? Can I lay hands on you? Can I lay hands on you? Oh, of course. Good. Did you want to lift your hands to the Lord? <laughs> in Jesus' name. Yes. Be healed in Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The promises of God are yes and amen. With long life. With long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. Hallelujah. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll be saved. You and all your household. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just saying what I'm hearing. Hallelujah. Be healed. Be healed in Jesus. Walk in health. Yes. A testimony. A testimony to a multitude. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Can I pray for you? Can I move forward a little bit? Do you want to lift your hands to the Lord? For my son, Paul. For your son, Paul? Yes, I have a younger son, Paul. He's away from the Lord. Okay. And also for me, so okay. Lord bless me and yes. keep me. Yes, God bless you, you and keep you. Father, I thank you. Thank you, Father God. Health. Strength. Peace. Forgiveness. And we pray for Paul. You said if two of you agree on earth, asking anything, we thank you for Paul. We thank you for your word that has been sown in his life. And we believe. We believe, Father, you draw him back to you. We ask you, as Jesus told us to ask, Lord, send laborers into Paul's life. Send laborers into his life. Everywhere he turns, he hears the gospel. He's reminded of his heritage. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Can I lay hands on you? For me, yes. Yeah, for you. I yeah. recently fell. Okay. No alignment. And um, my husband uh, delivers from all the consequences of a recent kidney stone. Okay. But it doesn't seem anymore. Yeah. Raise your hand to the Lord. In Jesus' name. In G everything. Everything aligned in Jesus' name. Father, you've called us to glorify you in our spirits and in our bodies. And I thank you. This body is going to glorify you till its last breath <laughs> and this spirit will live on to eternity Father thank you thank you and we curse those kidney stones in Jesus name and we speak health Father we agree you said if two of you agree so we agree for uh, what's your husband's name? Daniel we agree for Daniel health in all his flesh thank you for Daniel thank you for Daniel thank you for Daniel now you're the next person okay, I'm the next person okay you Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for Daniel. Yes, yes. Healing anointing flowing in Jesus' name. Health. Health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's not about you. It's about what you can do. 
your health is too important for other people. Sometimes we're just thinking about how we're feeling and what we're going through. But God wants to use you to bless so many people, to touch so many people. And that's why he wants you in good health. And because he provided it for you and you're his child. <laughs> but you think of all those people, all those people you're called to help. And Daniel as well. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Hallelujah. Phyllis. We're here because we have a relationship problem with our son who's mm -hmm. a minister. Yeah. He just adopted three boys, mm -hmm. and uh, we haven't seen him since June, and our son's not speaking to us. We okay. don't know why. He won't tell us, but it's been very hurtful. Mm. Hallelujah. Father, you're the healer, and you heal our bodies, but also you heal our relationships. And Father, we thank you that you love family. And we love family. And Father, we speak <laughs> not what we see, but we speak what, you, what we believe. And we speak your word, Father. And we speak restoration. We speak communication. <laughs> we speak restoration in the name of Jesus. Devil, you have no place in this family. You know, have right, no right in this family. And we speak health to this family in Jesus' name and wholeness to this family. And Father, those kids need to know their grandparents. And this son needs to know his parents again. And we believe tonight we loose that. We loose all anger and bitterness and misunderstanding. And Father, we speak love in this situation. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yes, we call it done. Thank you. Thank you. Let him just touch your heart. Yes, let him touch your heart. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Father. We say thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Lord says just every night when you go to bed, just thank God for your son, yes. for these boys. For yes. Just thank God that, that, and see it as resolved. Just yes. see it and thank him as though it was done and, and everything, everything will be all right, he yes. says. Everything will be all right. God bless you. Amen. Okay. Mike. She'll go on all night. We'll uh, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Should I grab my stuff? Wasn't that good? Hallelujah. Thank you, guys. It was just wonderful. I don't know how to describe it other than it seems to me that it's just a fresh outlook on healing. I mean, it was just wonderful. Life-giving. Let's lift our hands and thank the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for your mercy, for living inside of us. Thank you for the healing power of God that's working in our bodies, but also working in our spirits to minister to others. We love you, Lord. We bless you. We thank you for being so good to us. 
Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord, for your life that dwells in us. In Jesus' name. John and Laura, thank you so much. It's been a delight. Amen. They're going to hang around. You guys are going to be at the back table? Stop by and tell them what a blessing they've been to us. I want to encourage you, as I said this morning, to hook up with them. Help them do the things that God has called them to do. They're looking for partners. They're looking for support and for help. Help them. Amen. Amen. Well, we love you. Thank you for being here with us. God bless you. You're dismissed.